Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. I'm one of the many Matts. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and in Double Dragon. Okay, I'm so excited for this episode because I have no context whatsoever. Oh, I have no oh, idea. Good. Oh, you're going in blind. Oh, that's great. I, show, I showed up to a calendar event on my oh, perfect. calendar. <laughs> oh, this is the I best. Like, okay. Oh, this is a podcast. Plugged my mic in and here I am. So I'm the perfect you're doing audience great. member. You yeah. are. Yeah. This is going to be like one of those podcasts where I just, you know, we just explain everything to you. That's perfect. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, welcome to another episode. We have Cameron Kozan with us. Cameron is an old uh, buddy of mine from back in the day. Um, I think the first time we met was at the, the I want to say, the second Brooklyn Beta uh, in maybe 2012. And I think it was 2010. I, I think it was Jesus, even was earlier it really? than that. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Jesus, I think that's right, 2010. Um where a friend of mine was like, you have to come to this thing. She actually had me like play a song for her thing. And she's like, it's a really big deal. I remember her like making making sure that I knew like what a big deal <laughs> and what an honor it was to be able to come to Brooklyn Beta because this was this thing that everybody wanted to go to and there's very limited slots. Yeah. And so I was like, and and it was just a blast. Brooklyn Beta was such a wonderful conference that happened in Brooklyn, I want to say, for five years in a row. Yeah. And Cameron was one of the founders. And 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 uh, Cameron, welcome. We have a lot to talk about, including your new project, which is called Peacefall, which I am just a huge fan of. So welcome. Welcome to Digitally Rare. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. So let's see. I, I am – well, okay. Let's do it this way. I want to – I want to just for for Matt's sake and for maybe the audience's sake too. I want to get right into Peacefall first, and then I also want to. This is how I've been doing this lately. It's like let's 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 do the thing first, and then I also want to hear about like. So I'm very interested in your transition. You know, yeah. Because you 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 did you've built a ton of Web two products, Web two things. You're you're just that you know you're like had a whole shop that you did stuff. Yeah. And now and now you're in this world. But tell us a bit about tell us a bit about Peacefall. Give us the give us the um, the the short version. Yeah, the short version is it's an NFT collection that's also a mixture between like a game and a bit of a story. And it's a story about like a world that was infected by a contagious peace. Um, the being that sort of did that disappears. Conflict sets in. There's a bunch of battles. And then at the end, people have to choose between peace or continuing to fight. And the, and the game ultimately ends when either everyone has selected peace or everyone's dead. Um, the the things that are really cool about that that I think um, are standout, well, one, the art. The art is done by like a, a, a newfound hero of mine named Koji Ogata, who did the art for the original Double Dragon series. Um, okay, wait, incredible. wait, pause there, pause there. The original Double Dragon series, you know, yeah. when Cameron when Cameron DM'd me and was telling me about this project, when he said that, I was just like, "No way!" Because that yeah. and it and it looks so good. Anyway, that's you just still got it. Yeah, freaking amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's um, 
it's, you know, you work with people and you're like, oh, this is genius level stuff. You just be like, wow, um, it's, it's really very, very exciting personally. And like when you're younger, you don't really think about the people behind the games. So yeah, it's just course. like have this relationship with the game and now to have a relationship with the person who created it, I just think um, um, it's pretty special personally, but also for the team. And I think it comes through in the project. And then the other things that I think are like sort of stand out are um, essentially every other big collection, um, you have a rarity at mint. And that's like, okay, I've got number one or number 300 or whatever. And we just call that minted rarity. But ours has like an earned rarity. And your character, as you win or lose, like their their place in that sort of rare world um, evolves. And it gives you some ability to kind of shape the outcome. I mean, it's a game and there's luck involved and things like that. But like, it's not like you have number 8,192 and you're stuck there. You can work your way up. And if you have number one, there's a real stress around losing and sort of like that becoming like less valuable. Um, so this, the fact that the collection like changes every time and you can see that on the NFTs, if you go to one of our NFT pages on like an individual NFT page on um, open you can like click on the character and you can see all their levels. You have like interesting data. Each character has HP that evolves. And so we tried to bring something new to the space um, and this like dual rarity concept and this evolving NFT concept is something that we feel pretty strongly about, which makes it like more, more fun. And in some ways a little higher stakes at times. And the, the combat is essentially like a sort of Pokemon esque kind of rock, paper, scissors, or as I was saying to you, uh, battle beasts, Matt, you're probably too young for battle beasts, but, but battle beast was like a, a little, a little figurine where you would put your finger on their chest and it would reveal water, uh, wood or fire. And you would yes. battle them in this way. It was a, it was a big thing when we were kids. It's a but, direct source so, of inspiration. I, those things were really fun when you were a kid. You'd have them for like probably a quarter, but they were really cool, yeah. and really coveted. Yeah. And you, yeah. just holograms were cool then, right? You put your finger on this holographic chest, and it goes from like dark to like you know, oh shit, this is a fire person. Like you know, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, and so yeah, it's it's basically a very it's a fancy rock paper scissors. You have five elements to choose from based on the Eastern elements and um, those five match up in a one to three, just like rock, paper, scissors. Um, and so, uh, yeah, works out pretty well that way. And then, and then there's this, like what I've heard described as like a coordination game on top of this of like, of like, do we keep fighting or do we do like how, so how does that work? Yeah. So the original idea was we were going to start with 8,192 and after every round, half of them would die. Um, and I still think that's a cool thing, but you could just see that you're after one round, you're going to piss off like half of the people. And it's our first project in the space. <laughs> and we generally like like good vibes more than, more than grumpy ones. And so, <laughs> you know, and we workshop this idea, you know, we, we talk to people in the space and things. And so what we came up with was actually the first three battles will, um, be basically, um, lower stakes. You do win and you lose, but if you lose, you stay exactly the same. The NFT you bought stays where it is. If you win, it levels up. It looks different. Each character has like five different states. So it has like these four like um, states that like elevate. And then on number five, it jumps to like this super move that's like over the top, you know, tons of fun. Um, and so those first three battles can get you. If you win all three, great. You're a level, you're a level three. But then you have this choice to make afterwards, which is um, you can declare peace, which locks in your character. You can give your character like a name at that point, And it's like, that's it. That's done. Um, and that's like the beginning of like, we think of this as chapter one for each of these characters in their lore. Um, or you can keep fighting. And if you fight, it becomes like 
pretty real. If you get to your fourth win, you unlock that super move. But, you know, any attempt at that super move means that if you lose, your character's dead. So it, it, there's like a design. They, they're not off the chain, but they're just laying there kind of slumped over. It's kind of a bummer. It's a little bit cute, but kind of a bummer. Um, and uh, that'll be implications for your character for like future games and things like that. Um, so that like a life or death round, which comes at week four, is I think going to be another really interesting experience where people are going to have to decide what to do with NFTs and whether they want to kind of keep rolling the dice or not. Yeah, I love that. It's it, there's like a little bit of prisoner's dilemma thing in there, right? Where Definitely. Like, 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 yeah, the the quadrants and like, who who are we gonna? Do, do, do yes. you imagine? Do you imagine people coordinating with each other? Is there any coordinating already happening, or anything like that? Or like, what's what's that looking like? So I imagine there's some coordination happening for the first three rounds because we announced the matchups up front, so you know who you're going to go against before you even pick your attack. Um, and so, for example, if you own quite a few of them and two of yours were matched, like you could be thoughtful about that, you know, and be like, I'm going to, you know, goodbye to number two, but number one, we're going to keep going. But for that life or death round, you're going to enter your attack without having any idea who the, who the opponent is. So the stress level should be sort of like mid to high, I think on that one. Um, but like the idea too, is like, we're trying to encourage peace and like the underlying message is like, it's cool. This idea of a contagious peace, like washing over us and creating world peace, you know, from the outside. But the reality is like, it's a collective decision. And so trying to encourage people to, um, you know, choose that and sort of have that as like a little mini social experiment as part of it. (laughs) Right. And so when choose when choosing peace, does one opt out of the battle? Um, yeah. And what happens to those who don't, they continue to battle and perhaps grow. Yeah, they continue to battle. And so then it becomes life and death. So, at that point, you could win, and let's say you're level four, most likely you would then declare peace because it sort of makes no sense to keep rolling dice, and if you're dead, you're dead. So you, you don't um, – and so like – and each character has like a different name. So if you've got – if you're dead, you get – don't – you're just you – know, your name unless you're John Doe or whatever. If you've won um, one or two – zero or one times, you can give your character like a three or four character name. So it would be like Tim. Um, and then if it was like uh, – it goes up to like 11 if you win two to three. And then if you have four, you're like Tim the blank the blank. So you have a lot of like, well, um, that's and we're trying fun. to like yeah, you get think titled. of this as like a multi-quest, multi-stage thing where it's like, cool, now you've got this character. Can we put this character into interesting different places? So you can imagine the exact same character with different sorts of quests and challenges. Or if you've ever seen that old TV show Quantum Leap where the dude, Scott Bakula, like his soul like jumps into other people's bodies – Basically, we can move your character's soul and their their personal story into like a Western or a steampunk or some other kind of game and have a different set of things that goes on there. So um, there's cool things like that yeah, that we have planned. That's really quite fun. Wow. Is this like um, like seasons type of thing that you're thinking of where these characters That's the best are, way to think of it. Yeah. We, yeah, have, we have season cool. seasons. And then we have this idea for a repeatable game. Like this has a narrative arc, beginning, middle, and end. And that coming for us where... We're entering a space where for us on the outside looking in, it felt like promises on top of promises on top of promises with very little delivery. And so we just said, let's make a promise we can manage. Let's deliver on that promise. And then we can we can go from there. And of course, we're planning yeah. ahead. But you know, our feeling is like a beginning, middle, and end is helpful for setting expectations and for allowing us to deliver on a promise. And then we can kind of grow it from there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the only honest projects are ones that don't publish a roadmap. Yeah, is the spicy take, but that's that's really cool to hear. 
and even you look at ones that are cool projects and they all sort of, I almost wanted to do like a, a features list for all of them. They're all like, Oh, collabs are coming or, um, you know, wait, oh you see our metaverse, I you know, it's like, I love to see <laughs> yeah. the utility metaverse collab on yeah. the roadmap. Yeah. Oh my God. That really gets me going as a token holder. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they all do that. And I've never seen, it's like, somebody's like, well, you guys should try a streetwear collaboration. I'm like, how many, <laughs> how many really badass streetwear brands are there one? And then are they coming to NFTs right away to do it? You know, I can see how a bigger blue chip maybe has that flex. And, you know, I wouldn't shy away from a cool company collaboration. Like, you know, um, there are people that we're thinking about that we're talking to, but it should just feel like very natural and not forced and not urgent. I think if you're collaborating yeah. urgently, it's yeah. not really a collaboration. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Under, under promise and over deliver, I think is the name Definitely. of the game. Yeah. That's really um, cool to hear though. So you have a defined uh, scope that y'all want to do. Obviously you'll have a lot of big ideas about where this could go in the future. I really like the idea of, um, cause when I, when I think of this like tournament bracket, I think of like, okay, the anime tournament arc, like oh, yeah. there's, there's a big storytelling thing there, but there's also like when you mentioned the sort of multi-universe thing, um, it comes to mind like the idea of like patterns in someone's background where it's yeah. like, yeah, cool. It almost doesn't matter what setting you're in. You can have tragic backstory a happen in yes. all of them and, you know, have a sort of, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And it's like for us, like that for, for us, there's now that we've been doing it, there's like, that's one of a, of a few like verticals that we're interested in. One is like story building out this like world. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, I feel like if you build anything for web three, no matter what, and there are of course issues um, associated with space, but like, if you build anything for that, you're not going to go back. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and um, now that, and then once you get into it, then you can understand, okay, where can we pitch in? So like we even have ideas for like infrastructure type things that we can build and open source for the community, things that we can do to help other people like mint NFTs. And like, there are small things like, you know, when we ran our randomization, like everybody gets a random number and then you randomize it on the back end. Like, you know, we're honest people. We're not going to screw our reputation that we built for 15 years by doing like something shady and then also block ourselves from doing more stuff in a space that we think is mm -hmm. here to stay. But like the week after or the same week as our launch, we heard of another project where it's like crazy. The founding team got all the really good ones. And it's like, <laughs> you know, there's stuff like that that you could build to like help like solve that problem. And, and we're interested in looking at those. Yeah. Well, you mentioned world building. How do you, how do y'all think about the world building in terms of like, um, input collaborative like how are y'all thinking about building out that world and i'm the, curious too like who do you who you who in the who do you have on your staff that's like that's do like on the on the front side of that how has that all come together and then on the back side of it yeah where where do you see the community fitting in um and the front side you mean like our, our company you don't mean like the literal front end right you mean like no our, no our yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah. like on the front i mean like fictive kin yeah yeah. So I, I pretty much take the lead on anything like story based or really like high level product based. Um, so for in terms of trying to think about how we're going to story build this like world, um, that would be like me in like the sort of pole position. But um, there are tons of people in the company, both people full time on, on the project and like who are, are part of our agency um, who we talk to. And then also like a really good group of like friends and outside advisors who are like, you know, over the years, you just figure out like, really creative folks you can kind of jam with on this stuff. Um, it helps that we've thought about community forever. Like when we did Brooklyn beta, we were really active. Like we've, we've thought about community and I still think the ways I've seen it written up, I, I have a homework assignment for myself to 
write up our take on what, what community really means or it means to us. Um, and so for us, like community is really big. And then secondarily, like, um, um, where we've always been like very story driven. Like it's like basically everything that web three is about, I can't believe we didn't get in sooner. Cause it's like, it's about the individual. It's about being story driven. Like it's like economically viable. It's like all these things are things that we're like, Oh great. And it's like community and people based. That's like everything we've devoted our, our like internet careers to. And so like to see it all come together in one place is, is very cool. Um, I think I don't, in terms of like how it might start to evolve, I think a net like, the way that we sort of talk about it internally is um, every action you take with your NFT is almost building out that NFT's like chapter in a history book or page on a Wikipedia like kind of thing where it's like, cool, like, you know, like you might, you know, um, my grandfather was in three of the U.S. wars um, uh, and like that's three different chapters of his life. And then he also has oh the God. chapter where he's a family person and, you know, all these other kinds of things. Um, and so like World, we, World we, War Two. Vietnam and Korea? Wow. And he was paratrooper in in World War II in Normandy and stuff. So real deal. Um, But like, it's so crazy if you ever met him. His name was Grandpa Sweetheart. He's like the nicest dude around. So he never talked about any of that stuff. But, um, you know, there's like, you know, there's those chapters of his story. And we think about that a little bit for um, the Peace Ball characters. It's like, this is their, you know, this is their, I don't really want it to be too war heavy because I think you can take things, you know, D&D has a lot of this stuff where you have the same characters across multi quests. Right. Mm, And so Mm -hmm. how can you help build up a character's like, you know, there's like a concept of an inventory. There are stats like, and we have this like game, the game that's like the longest, the furthest out is something that we believe is like very repeatable. Like, so it doesn't have a beginning, middle and end. It's like like each round does, but like, there's like a, and I think you could really add some interesting financial incentives to it um, for people to play this like much more interesting game that like is on a repeat level, but it's just more complicated and game making games is no joke. You got to really, you got to really spend the time. Do you have anyone game centric on your team? Who's like, who's like, who's like had experience building video games or games no, of any I'm, kind? No. So Koji is, is definitely a good resource there and has strong opinions about that. But for the kind mm. of game we're building the RPG style, um, we're, we're putting together a group of folks who are, um, like, a mixture of experts of like, you know, uh, basically I think there's interesting stuff to pull from like Dungeons and Dragons games, like magic and Pokemon. Um, and then, and then also, uh, um, actual game games, but I don't think web three stuff should rush to high fidelity gaming. I think that's like a guaranteed game over. And I think what, what's it's, it's missing a trick to make stuff high fidelity, generally speaking, like it should be really beautiful, but like it's, it, it shouldn't be about the graphics. There are whole, that's what those, that's what that industry is, is great for. Like there's other, there's other things we should tap into. And in fact, I think there's some great constraints that should unlock all kinds of creativity for new kinds of games. And people don't need that. Like Mist is still an incredible game. You don't need, and it's basically just a fancy slideshow. You know, it's like, uh, you don't, um, you don't need like all this like wild over the top stuff. Something we talk about so often on this podcast is um, uh, one of Matt's favorite subjects, which is like skeuomorphism, you know, yeah. and the and the leap from the leap from from no web to web one, from web one, you know, where it's like we're just gonna like take a newspaper and make it a PDF, yeah, you know, and then the leap from web two, web one to web two, where it's like trying to make everything look as it did in the real world, and now. We're we're still in this space where there's very few things 
uh, in Web3 that are natively, that are like natively bringing something 100% new to the table. Everyone thinks of the metaverse as this like, you know, physical space that we're going to go do. They're not, they're not seeing the metaverse that we're already in together all, all the time online. Absolutely. And I just, um, I try to think about where the internet is going to make people's lives better. And it's human interactions that are the most valuable thing that you can have, like, you know, healthy, good human interactions. And like the more layers of abstraction put into place, I, I'm not convinced is, is like the right answer, but like removing friction, adding fun, like making it like seamless, making it easy. Like that kind of stuff does seem, seem quite relevant. There's a whole bunch of words that mean a million different things to different people like metaverse and even web three. Um, what I will say about the skeuomorphism thing that I think is relatively interesting is there were two paths. So on the phone, highly skeuomorphic, like everything looked like what it was. And I think people credit Apple with, with doing that as a way to onboard regular people. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm, right. I'm convinced they were also onboarding themselves. They didn't mm-hmm. have a full understanding mm-hmm. of their, what uh, they had made. They just knew it was yep. important. And for even them, that was like a good baby step oh, towards that's cool, like yeah. getting your head around it. But right. then there was this second uh, aesthetic that was going on in Web 2 where everything looked like bubblegum. Everything was glossy and shiny, and it meant to be like, this isn't technical nerd shit. This is for everybody. Like, everybody <laughs> yeah. can do this. It's bright blue, yeah. da 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 And so I think that, that there's that's going on, and I wonder whether there will be, like, an aesthetic pushback to Web3, which largely is, like, dark backgrounds, very technical looking, you know, inspired by, you know, um, in a, you know Iron I Man movies. I see um, that a little bit. It's, yeah. like the, it's like the solar punk uh, I just saw a tweet joking about it, but it's like the gradients, the the sparkles, that yeah. one font, monument sands. It's like, mm. yeah. You know what I've been noticing is this like return. It's everywhere, and it's and I think it's like going to get even more. Is like this return to um, like uh, OS nine. Uh, yes, era, totally. You know, OS yeah. nine era Curved Mac FI, Windows yes, ninety five yes. buttons. Yeah, yes, that. that um, you know, where even uh, who was it? Someone just announced a new album. Um, some famous rapper, I forget who it was, but and like it was just a the website is just like a file folder, like from OS nine. Oh, totally. That's sick. And yeah, that shit no, is everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's happening because um, there's a sort of like. You know, retrofuturism in the past was like, is was futurism, like looking forward and defining the future. But now I think that we're in the future. We're looking back and like using sort of like retro retro or future retro futurism, <laughs> where we're like designing Windows ninety five interfaces that right. do futuristic financial uh-huh. shit. Yes, yes, and yes. it's sort of like yeah. What you have to understand too is that what we're what we're what we experience as a as a society on a day to day basis is a least common denominator, fully optimized UI. So mm. it, the personality ripped right the fuck out of there. Like, who gives? It's like it's just. Uh, am I am I making a mistake by cussing on your podcast? Also, no, no, no that's oh, totally fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I I can I can usually dial it back, but I sometimes forget. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but like it's like all the personality is gone, and it's literally yeah. what happens when you have a team of product managers who don't know anything about design, have no personality, just optimize things to nothing. And so like web three is kind of fun because personality is coming back in web one. It's like, everybody always talks about MySpace and GeoCities, And it's yeah, just like, yeah. it's like, yeah. if you think about music and this is something I've said for like, I actually been saying this for like forever, way too long, but um, 
if you listen to techno, people who are really into techno would say, oh, that's Detroit techno or that's like Berlin techno. Like, right. They'll know right. where that's from. But like when you open up an app, they all degrade to the same Silicon Valley milk toast. Like, oh, gosh, you know, your login's not. It's like it's just so boring. And you could never tell. But what would it sound like to know, you know, you're in Hartford. You, it, what would it sound like to open an app and be like, oh, wow, it really feels like somebody from Hartford made this. Yeah, or just yeah. have an app targeted at people in Hartford. And so right. like, what I think Web3 can also do is like smaller outcomes, like things that are more appealing to different personalities. Um, yeah, totally. You know, I, I, I think thought like Leader the, tweeted the other day about that. And I was like, yeah, that's that's one of the cool things is now that you know the back end is so abstracted, you can have hyper-specific, hyper-personalized front ends that – don't need to talk to millions of people. They can talk to like one or two and that's fine. It'd be me- meaningful. There's this blind melon music video. Does anybody know, do you know that one? The blind melon one with the bumblebee girl with the bumblebee. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That to me has always been the metaphor for the internet. At it's best. It starts with this girl on stage, tap dancing. She gets laughed off the stage. She walks up to people all over town. Everybody kind of looks at her weird. And then she comes across a field full of people dressed in, the same ridiculous bumblebee outfit and then she's just partying it's just like that's the great time and like the internet at its best helps you find your other bumblebee people and then like you do what you need to do there like that's like community stuff working really well Devin, can we can we uh i'm I'm talking to our our editor now Devin, can we drop in a little bit of a blind melon here all i can say my life is pretty plain um uh oh beautiful song i'm curious about um, a little bit of the technical aspect of it. This is all on on ETH on on the main on L one ETH. Yeah, is that L1 right? Ethereum. And- yep. But the a lot of the game stuff happens off chain, and then at the end, we're gonna bring your we're gonna bring your where you end up with your name and everything like that onto like our weave and all of that. So we'll um, it'll be made official at the end. But like we don't want people spending gas for every little thing that right. they do. It adds up really right. fast. Right. That's interesting, and that's really smart. I think yeah. uh, I'll say as a as a sort of comp for this. I just started playing the Cool Cats game. I don't know if you've seen mm. this at all. I um, haven't seen the game, but I know about them. Yeah, so I'm a big Cool Cats fan. I, I I was lucky enough to mint some Cool Cats like when they came out, and so I have like four Cool Cats, and I have four Cool Pets, and I've been playing it. It's very interesting. It's I wouldn't call it fun exactly, yeah. um, but 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 I will also say, <laughs> I will also say, um, and this isn't fun. This is, I'm a huge fan. This is not. But I also say it may be because, um, you know, I also never found Farmville fun, and so yeah. I wonder if you liked Farmville, if you like that kind of game where you're like clicking things and doing things and just pressing buttons, like that might appeal to you, but. Um, what I what I will say about it is that it's 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 beautiful because it's on I want to say Polygon the game happens, but that is completely abstracted away. I don't have to. Th- I don't even if I didn't know that I wouldn't know it, and that yeah. is beautiful. Now the problem is everything I do still it costs um, milk tokens. Mm. Which are their, which are, which is their in-game currency, which exists on Polygon, um, and you know, I was able to get some automatically because I have some cats or whatever. Um, so every single thing I do, I have to spend some milk, and then I get some milk back and things like that. Yeah. But every single thing I do, it takes a little bit of time, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm using items. So I have these four little eggs, 
and and I'm and I'm using items on these cat eggs. eggs. Yeah. Cat eggs. I'm using yeah. these items on the eggs. I'm not sure what they'll do, but supposedly the items that I use on them will affect their like you were saying, they'll affect their final form, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sending the eggs on quests, and that will also affect their final form. But every single thing I do, I roll you know, I roll some dice for some quests. And I do that and it takes it takes anywhere from like, you know, five to ten seconds. And then and then I uh, pick a quest and I choose an egg and I send the egg on the quest and it takes five to ten seconds. And then I use an item and that takes five to ten seconds. Like in a world where I'm used to yeah. like just like if I'm playing Farmville, I click it and it happens. Yes. Those those five to ten seconds things are a problem. So I think it's very interesting that everything you're doing is happening off chain. Like the like the game itself, yes. Where oh, yeah. where Tell you're entering that. your move and your yeah, but then your record and that story will then end up on chain. So that's the goal. You do a bunch of things, yep. then the the end result, like the score at the end of the game, is is kept um, in a more permanent fashion. So um, I think if there's something to that, the the speed thing is an issue. The money, like you know, when I think about how to grow this, um, you know. One, I always think about like hosting, like how are we hosting like a cool like thing? So it's like, this is a cool game. Like if, you know, it's like if I had friends over, it's like, cool, we're hosting board game night, you know, boom, we're doing something like that. Um, but it's like a good use of your time. It's fun. And there's like real stakes and it's really rewarding. You know, you get your competitive blood pumping. Um, and then the other thing is like, I think that the way we've been talking about it internally is if we work on things that have value and are valuable and make sure that like, when we share that, everybody we're basically fractionalizing the feeling of satisfaction of giving that value out. So it's like, okay, as a team, you know, even though the, you know, we couldn't do this without you, the community, even though we might be doing like some of the day-to-day labor, like we all should be benefiting from like this like reward in the same way that like a fan, uh, you know, if you're a New England Patriots fan, you know, you you didn't win that Super Bowl, but you're probably still pumped a little bit. And so trying to like understand those roles and and where we want to be and um, and really thinking of people as like, we don't want to just keep going back to the well also like, Oh, like buy more milk tokens to play more of the game. And I've never played the game. So it's not a critique. It's just, um, uh, you, earn, just trying to think you, about earn, you I should say you earn, you know, it's a, it's a play to earn. Essentially you, yeah. you play it, you spend some, but then you earn some back for every, everything you do. Also, if you have cats, you can claim them every half hour. Yeah, you can claim great. more milk. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So you took. I mean, again, that's their version of stakes too. Like it has to be real. Like otherwise, you're just sitting there doing nothing, and well, it feels sort of. Otherwise, you're playing Farmville, and people fucking love Farmville. So I, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I never did. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fascinating, though. I love that 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 the yeah the record is on chain as it should be. It makes me think a little bit about um, when we talk to. What's uh, Matt? What's the woman's name from Disco? Um, um, Evan, proven to Evan, um, who's working on a lot of stuff. Matt, maybe you can ex- talk about this, but like, I'm just thinking about the connection between the things that should be on chain and the things right. that don't need to be on. No, chain. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I were to sum up my opinion on this, is that if the game involves like the transfer of scarce resources then it's useful to have like a cryptographic log of how that happened and cryptographic yeah. guarantees on the distribution of those resources when you like withdraw them from your L2 kind of thing. Um, but if that's not 
if it's not that, if it's like, you know, you're playing a game and upgrading a character and, you know, you trust the people, the game servers because you're playing a game that they made. Like, um, in this case, the like full trust, this is one of those like things I used to quote all the time is like the amount of trust, you just give people a little bit of trust and you solve like, you know, decades of computer science problems. Um, that's a good trade off. Um, and so like, yeah, this makes a a ton of sense. Like if this were a game where when you lose your token gets swapped to the other person, now you have like counterparty risk of the game servers, not, you know, crashing and not giving you the token you want. And in that case, now we're talking about like, okay, maybe we want to put that logic on chain, have it enforced by a smart contract that can never go down. Um, that kind of thing. But yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. And I think this is the future, right? Hyper specific, um, realms in which computation occurs the result of which gets published back on chain and this is a generalized you know statement of like all l2s all privacy chains all like um dark foresty game specific chains it's like Mm. it's a roll-up in a computational sense it takes many things compresses them and publishes a result um and i think that's a really really good architecture for stuff like this and it's it's a it's a it's the beginning, of course, is a, is a refrain that you'll hear in this space. But like you know, okay, cool. Like we learn what we learn doing this, and then the next time push it further, and the next time push it further, and the next time push it further. So um, I think that's kind of big. So I want to know what was your entry point then? What was the thing where you said, "Oh man, if only we had gotten into Web three fat sooner." Do you remember like did- what? Yeah. Yeah. How did Fictive Kin get involved here? Because I'm actually aware of Fictive Kin in a very uh, surface level way. Like I've heard of the name. I know I'm aware of stuff y'all have made. How did y'all end up doing Web3 things and and working on Peaceful? Yeah, I think it went from um, an, a relatively easy thing to ignore. Um, and I think most people find it. Um, I think most people take a shorthand to dismiss or ignore it. Um, uh, and the the reason why I think is the friction to get started is high and the speed with which you can find a story that makes it dismissible is low. So you can really quickly go, why don't you write? I mean, the, now that I do this, the number of people who say to me, why, like, literally the exact words, why can't I just right click, save as, and just explain this over and over again. But like, that's a little magical. That's a little magical incantation you put in your brain that turns your brain off from thinking about it anymore. And it's like resolved, you know, close that tab. And then the friction to learn more is just tough enough that every time you go, you're like, no, thank you. Um, and, you know, when your head's down navigating like uh, your company through a pandemic or something like that, it's really hard to find. You can put it on your to-do list, buy Bitcoin, you know, stuff like that, or like, you know, get some NFTs. But, um, you know, it's, it's just hard enough that you can't um, you can't really do it quickly. And um, and so I think that's what sort of kept us out for the most part. Um, and um, and that's also sort of, like I said, navigating the pandemic a little bit. Um, and this includes being like good friends with the CryptoPunks people. Like I know you are too, Jonathan. It's like, you know, so I, yeah. I, I didn't even regret it initially when they were selling for like a gazillion dollars and I hadn't gotten any. Um, it just took until I spent some time the way the way I got there for myself. Um, and I, I'm sure it's going to be different for, for everybody yeah. is I broke it down as uh, web three. I think maybe even the new label helped me just come at it fresh. It's like, okay, web three is, a, it means it's means different things, to different people. And it's batches. So one group of people is obsessed with the technology and like, they're like, da, 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 da. and if you're a web two person, you might say, well, we have some technology that almost gets us there. Da, 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 da. 
But then there's like a philo- there's like a philosophical thing around like the individual over the institution, decentralized. There's like a package of like philosophies, and then there's like a culture, and the culture is what got me in initially, which is like it felt like Web one, which is like okay, everybody doing something new, people are pumped. Great, like that's the way it should be, right? Like we don't have to freaking stress test every new thing and just annihilate it on the vine, right? Like cool, people are pumped about new stuff. People are doing weird experimental stuff. I love that. And, you know, people are making money. And I think having having had a successful Mint and seeing different people's reactions to that and also receiving, you know, uh, in, in our, like, Web2 world, uh, or I saw this this guy, um, MDS, I think is, is his Twitter handle. He shared an email that, he, that somebody sent him where they were just yelling at him over yeah. $40 yeah. spent on something that yeah. I guarantee you sp- took – months of his life, you know, so much yeah. time. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I think that the entire internet, like web two world has been trained to not value their work because essentially big companies took it all and made yep. everybody think that zero or 99 cents is an appropriate price. And the yep. only way you can, you can get value out is if you get a job at Facebook. Cool. That's how you make money. That's the appropriate, you know, nobody gets mad. Well, not, let's not say Facebook. Let's say Google. That's like the appropriate, like, okay, cool. That's it. You, you make a big money, but you're in big tech. But like the idea of an individual or a small team making meaningful money is like, it's like disgusting to people whose whole careers are web three or are, are internet based. So I don't yeah. get what sort of like really next level gaslighting we've all been through. But like, I came out the other side of this being like, you know what? Like, we work like crazy. It costs so much money to make anything even small digitally. Um, and like, yeah, no, actually that is worth something. And just because it's, it's, it's uh, replicable everywhere doesn't mean just because you can rip it off. Doesn't mean it's like valueless. Um, and so um, I don't even care just that even though the technology helps like address that, like just the culture is, is exciting to me. And if the technology vanished tomorrow, I would still be all in on the community and how it's growing. Um, so like I, I'm into that stuff. How- yeah, that's a lovely point. I, I I am really optimistic about that energy as well. It's like a lot of the um, I was just talking about DAOs with someone, and I'm like, yeah, DAO is just another way for a group chat to have a bank account. Like they always yeah. could, they always could have started a co-op or made an LLC. Right. But like this is different, and in the very least, it's different because it's made people try things um, that they normally wouldn't have. Like, yeah, we're gonna form a DAO and buy a, buy a bunch of land and sell it to people and then build things on it. Like you could have done that a year ago. You could have done that 10 years ago, but no one did. And that's different. There's something different happening. So another metaphor that I use internally is like, again, I watch a lot of movies and and, and listen to a lot of music. So that's where most of my metaphors. So they're like, there's a movie hook. I feel like a lot of people have seen hook. And there's the part where Robin Williams is eating, is trying to eat the invisible food and he can't do it. And then they're like, you're doing it. it. And it's like yeah. literally all Web3 has done for a lot of people is just make them believe. It's like, <laughs> yes. guess what? Groups yes. of people can fucking do cool shit. Like 100%. that can happen. And you can be really creative with that. And it might not be your immediate neighbors. It might not be your coworkers. It might not be the people that follow you on Twitter now, but they're out there and they want to buy a golf course or they want to do this or they want to do that. The, the, the wild thing, right, is that, is that that fact, that fact that and, – and that's deep because it, it runs – it runs to the very heart of everything, which is belief. Yeah. What you just described. And so that fact is something that the Web3 is going great crowd sees that and says, 
but it's just it's just because you believe it. Like that that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's bullshit. And then and then we say it and this is we see it and we're like no, don't you get it? That's amazing. Like we just yeah. believe it. Like 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 Matt was saying, it's like it's like no one did it because they didn't believe it, and now people are doing it because they believe it, and yeah. they're like, but you, but it's only because you believe it. That's bullshit. And you're like, no, yeah. it's the it's most working, important you know? thing. Yeah. yeah, and like you could look at startups, right? Like startups, it's something like you know, let's just say the best VCs have a track record of one in ten. Home runs, right? Which means ninety percent failure rate. A couple of those are middle success or whatever. Like, so even these hyper professional, this like fifty year old space, like they're failing seventy percent of the time. So to come over, so in in Web two, we're going to look at just the successes and say that means it's okay to be in this space. In Web three, we're only going to look at the failures and say, oh look, like this is a failure or like, like it's it's such an amateur clown time move to critique new technology for its inefficiencies and for its unfigured out problems. It's new <laughs> technology. That's the thing. If you were, if you were part of the original new technology, like the web now, not, I mean, 2006, which is not that long ago, was massively different. And 2000 was massively different from that. And it's like, you could have, it was just the same critiques happening back then. I've you know, been, it's, it's sort of yeah. silly. I've been listening. I've been listening to um, some anti web three podcasts. Um, sure actually to try to find guests to bring on here. I, one of my favorite episodes that we've done is we talked to Dan Olson, who, who is the sort of Messiah of, of anti-crypto, um, who's become sort of the Messiah. He made this really amazing YouTube video that went out. And, and, and the, and the, the you know, the thing is, I don't even, um, I love that we got on the subject because this is like, I could just, I've been thinking about this a lot and I talk and just like, I could talk about this for ages, but, uh, you know, it's not like we even, it's not like I even disagree with many of the critiques of the space. And Correct. actually was going to ask you this is, is, um, you know, as a relative newcomer to the space who has also become a, you know, become a, a believer, there's that word uh, yeah. of the potential. Ha and as someone who has had a successful mint and now has a, you know, let, let's see, you've got uh, 2.7 uh, 2,700 people who, who are now uh, in one way or another, you know, you are beholden to. Um, yes. What uh, What has been your reaction to the dark side of all this, which is which is the the hyper manic um, speculation, speculative, yeah. uh, uh, crypto bro ness of it all? Like, what what has been your reaction, and what have you had any? run-ins uh as especially as a creator with that crowd and, and what does that felt like it's the, that's the hardest part i i remember um kickstarter we did a successful kickstarter back you know early days when that was like invite only and stuff and there was some similar energy there which was like um sure. you're immediately obligated and beholden to folks but it is different between that and this one the kickstarters all felt like they had like an end point um like you were going to be done just when are you going to deliver this thing Whereas there's a complicated temporal thing that's going on, at least in our discord. And I, I assume it's probably similar is, um, if you really want to be a valuable thing or just, let's just, let's not talk about the outcome there. Let's just say, if you really want to create value, you have to have a longer term mindset. You just can't make things quickly enough. Like there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of thoughtful work to do. Otherwise, you know, why do it? Um, and that is inherently slower. Um, and so that's what's best for anybody who owns one of your things in the long run. That's like the best thing. But 
But what they really want, <laughs> what people really want, or at least the most vocal people, really wanted to go up quickly. And what I've noticed is the people who most wanted to go up quickly are also the quickest to sell. And so I, I have basically just sort of, well, I haven't fully done this, and so I'm, I'm coaching myself through it, even just to you right now. Is like, I'm just accepting that those people are going to leave, and we're going to end up where we end up, and um, I'm going to spend this money on people. Literally, we're going to spend all the money on a team to make new things. Um, you know, people are really adamant that we spend money on ads or or something like that. And I'm just like, what is that going to do? It'll go up for a second, but ads aren't going to keep people in and get them bought in like emotionally. Like, we have to deliver on this game, and we have to deliver more stuff afterwards. And so, um, I'm having to just remember because the, the the volume on some of these these bits of feedback are quite high, and so I'm having to remind myself of the things I already know from launching successful projects in the past or helping big companies launch, launch. I just know the playbook there. So I just have to stick to it. And then I'm just going to have to learn what the fallout looks like from sticking to we're here to make a big thing. Um, and so, um, you know, like if you're Moonbirds, great. You, you can just promise a big thing. And then, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to even see them three months from now, right? Because it's such a big thing that, you know, if it goes down to even a number that I'd be pumped about, like they might still be dealing with a lot of this. Um, so that part's not great, um, but I think it's it's all stuff that you need to kind of work out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and man, do I resonate, you know, as having a successful launch myself, like I resonate with that so hard because you, yeah. people um, in general, and you find this with Kickstarter as well, people do not understand how difficult making things is just in general yes. like yeah. like they they completely a hundred percent discount like how you know people are are uh if you'll excuse my phrase fudding the crap out of the cool cats game um mm-hmm. you know uh it is like a marvel what they have what they have made you know yeah. what they have actually delivered on it is a true marvel like it it's really quite impressive um, but it's not enough for some people, you know, and it's, it's, it, and, 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 um, but if you I don't support the, interim states, if you don't support an interim state of a creative project, then your two choices are one, nobody's ever going to release anything because it's too scary to release anything, make it real and you're going to lose, or we'll never, it is a marathon to get to something really good. People will never get to that good thing because you're not, if you're running a marathon, I need you to hand me a cup of water at like mile 12, which I'll never run a marathon. I'm not in good shape. So, but I'm just, I've seen it in the movies. I know yeah, you get water yeah. in the middle. Like <laughs> yeah. instead, instead you show up, you've crossed this finish line after however many miles and people are like, why are you so tired? Yeah. Like, let's go for a little jog. I'm like, what? You know, yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And you also risk tons. Like you upfront risk money time, opportunity cost, all of that. And you have no guarantee that any of that's going to work. Anything. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, did a podcast. I just got off a podcast with my friend Diana and, and, uh, and one thing we were talking about, and I want to put this question to both of you actually, um, was what do we imagine this sort of like current, the, the way the current PFP, let's say, uh, uh, landscape looks with, Yuga Labs having bought CryptoPunks and being this sort of like literal juggernaut, billion dollar juggernaut and Moonbirds coming out of, you know, coming out of nowhere with Kevin Rose behind it. What do we imagine all of that will look like in five years? Matt, you go first. What, what do you think, what do you think like 
if you, you know, Matt, you and I back in 2017 certainly could not have imagined where we are now. Like it, I feel like in our wildest Literally dreams. Literally could not have, yeah. So think about five years in the future. What, what, what will all of those projects look like if you had to take a wild guess? Or Cameron, either, either one of you. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a small reference um, is my, my bio on like Telegram and everything is the thing that I used to see a lot on AIM, the um, like XOXO, Linkin Park lover, kind of like with the, the text effects with the carrots and everything. Um, I feel like the ancient PFPs might feel like that in one way. Um, uh-huh. That's, that's feel just sort of the thing that, right? Like cutesy nostalgia. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. that's just a thought. That's I, I won't like you know not that's not my final answer. But that's okay, just okay. a thought that came up. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine the majority of them being like, not that nothing's going on with them. They're sort of like relegated to like hot topic or something. Like they're like neat, like you said, like nostalgia. Um, I think. Um, Yuga is probably going to determine what, like, is going to dictate one vision for how this is going to be. And we're going to see that play out. Um, almost like if you imagine like a Facebook playing out their vision for the internet. Um, and then it could be Moonbirds, but I think alternate visions will show up. I hope that we don't end up with just like one way of doing things because it's remarkable how much of the existing playbook to this day is just a variant on what. Uh, CryptoPunks did in in like a weekend. We talk right? about this all the time. Yeah, the ten, yeah. how the how ten thousand was literally a number that they just you know. I mean, yep. you know them. You were you around yes. when? Would do you remember like when they were doing it? I, yes, I do absolutely. I mean, so Matt, for reference, one of the other Brooklyn Beta people, like two of the other Brooklyn Beta people, shared a workspace with John and Matt. Oh, this so is, there's is this, this the workspace from the punk documentary film yes. that um, Sharon has? Okay, yes. wow. Yes, Small and world. and so and so I went to meet I went to meet John and Matt that time uh, for lunch when I like met with them way back in the day, and I go in there and I'm like, oh, there's people I know here from Brooklyn Beta. It was like this very like so wow yeah so literally yeah we talk about this too like literally they just they didn't choose ten thousand no, you know yeah. they're like it's oh, just a number. Yeah. It's a number. You're you're an artist. Yeah. You make fifty prints and you sell them. Okay, yeah, right. ten thousand. Right. right. Yeah. I, I want to credit them in that. Nice number. They do have. To me, they are um, just separate Web three. They are creative geniuses. Like, there's a small yep. number of people that I know. You know, and there, there are a lot of them are in that space, like Jen Musseri, Johnny Hallman. Like, there are people where they have put in the reps on creating from scratch, and they know how to do it. So it's not it's not surprising that their instinct in that like initial pass was so good, even if they couldn't have anticipated all the other stuff to come later. Um, totally. And so, uh, but I still think, you know, and when we wanted to come into the space, it's like, well, we got to do something different. We want to reference what they've done, but we want to try to do something different. Like the collection evolving to us is like an interesting take and you being in control of that rarity is an interesting take. But like there's, mm-hmm. I would hope there's like thousands more ideas uh, that are out there coming yeah. and that will all maybe have interesting combinations that, and the children of those ideas will also kind of take us somewhere. So like when you go five years down the road, like you could think of it, okay, like maybe there's this art take on it. Like are people going to be looking at it from an art eye and then some will be considered artistically valuable. Others won't. Um, and then, um, you know, it could be like historical significance, like a crypto punks type thing. Um, but then beyond that, 
they are really fancy community identity cards. And so like you could imagine that same role just shaping into an identity card looking thing or a physical thing or some other way of connecting us all together or connecting small groups of people together. Um, And so I would imagine that it's something to do with that. Like the, the form of the community identification could take different shape. Um, And then like what the communities do, I think that's the exciting thing. Like, are they, you know, are they just going to mint new things and just have new, okay, like we've got Azuki, now we have red beans, and then we've got blue beans. There has to be a point five years down the road where you can't care about that anymore. Something else has to happen. (laughs) I wish more things could just be CryptoPunks and just be there. Um, It's like the community is the community. But yeah, I think think you're totally right that there's more than enough um, space, like play space in the Sandcastle for all of these different like even within the PFP genre or the form of the yeah. PFP, um, there's more than enough space uh, for creative freedom there to see multiple different, you know, the the Yuga take, the cool cats take, the creatures yeah. take, the the gods take, like everything. Um, there's definitely more than enough space there. So, yeah, I wonder if uh, these sorts of things will continue to experiment and like cool cats will be around five years from now in a relevant sense. Um, but at the very least, I, see, I think we'll still see a, um, you know, a, a flora and fauna type diversity of uh, experiments going on. And then you have to my, connect it to the – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'll, I'll come back. Well, I was just going to say my big feeling about it is like uh, – is that – is the fact that every single project that has exist that has come since, let's say, you know, early 2021 has existed within more or less – what we can conceive of as a bull market. And I think that that, I think that that, that marks it. Um, and, and like we saw, for instance, we saw CryptoPunks keep its value, um, through the last bull market. Whereas CryptoKitties didn't, you know, CryptoKitties didn't. And so, you know, as, as far as these communities go, so many of them, Azuki's is a great example so many of them are there. The community, such as it is, is based around the fact that this thing is very expensive. Totally. And when yeah. thing is no longer expensive, can community still exist? That's that to me is like my biggest question. If, yeah. yeah, it's like if the community is what you care about, then yes. And if, if not, if money is what you care about, then no. And the the in terms of relevancy, so just like two real world anchors. The first one is let's go back movies, music, books, um, TV shows, um, video games, how many of any of them that come out in a given year are relevant five years later? They're all like a way to pass the time for the most part. And then they go away. And every one of those has a huge budget, a big creative team and a long history to draw from. And so like relevance, if we look elsewhere, there's something there. And then community, this is like, I think very important and maybe an interesting nuance is Community is going to be a very big deal, especially these small to mid-sized communities is going to drive a lot in the future, I think. But but that the human emotional connection to a community, you can only be in so many in a meaningful yeah. way, yeah. which means that right now, um, Bored Apes competes with the Museum of Modern Art in New York, competes with your, your college alumni like association. Like It's all the same. They're all going to get like... Other people are competing for your lizard brain attention. They're competing for your heart and your sense of identity. And so you can only do that so much. 
And so like the, the, the competitive playing field is really interesting going forward on this. Um, and the, the places where, I mean, I, I still like my college and I have a, a, a light association with it where I'm like, okay, cool. Like I feel like an alumni, that's like part of me, but like that institution continues to do things. Like it's like, they're doing things that make me want to be associated with it. Right. Like, you know, so like if they did things that didn't, then I would, I would, it would not be something that like, you would, I grew sort, up of sever, you would sort of yeah. sever that. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up Catholic. And if you, if you don't know how much of a news buff you are, but like, there's a couple of things that they did where you're like, I'm not really a big fan of this organization. So I'm not interested in being part of it. Um, and so, um, you know, I think that there's like what the communities do and whether they actually truly believe in themselves as communities will be a big part of it. I'm just agreeing. Yeah. I think there is a very clear, um, difference between a collection that creates a community and a collection that, um, doesn't feel like one. Um, I'm, you know, there's, there's, I won't say examples, but like, you know, I mean, it's clear that some are communities and some I, aren't. Yeah. I, I feel relatively confident in saying that if, if board apes were not worth what they're worth, the community such as it is, wouldn't be what it is. I think I, to me, it seems as though, a community like, like that. Like it's defined in serious part by the, yeah, I, I agree the, with that. By the price yeah. of the apes, right? And no, if totally. They were, and if we were to enter a real bull market, a 1700 to $80 bull market, like bear market like we had, you know, back in the day where your ape, which is now $250,000, suddenly worth $5,000 or or less. Yeah. That'd be right. Exactly. Some I mean, behavior. Yeah, yeah. you can see a totally different. It's going to feel yeah. totally different. I mean, these things change over time as well, right? Like when Board Ape started, it wasn't like the digital Rolex that it is now. Um, it sort of became that over time, as a you know, through the various factors affecting it. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, celebrity Paris endorsements. Yeah. major price uh, skyrocketing. All that. Yeah. Like it, things change. Um, so and they do I, seem I actually, to make smart yeah. decisions. I mean, it's like you look at decision making, like it's pretty, pretty clever thing to try to buy CryptoPunks. I mean, somebody had that idea and then sort of made that happen, like pretty interesting, you know? So like I yeah. would, I would at least put some trust in people who are making Good unique, decisions, smart yeah. decisions, you know, even if, okay. even if the underlying community might go, maybe a new community might fill in at a different level and it's possible. Like yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, to wrap up, I want to start with a new question. Um, which is that to, to wrap up, which is just to ask you both um, about something that you minted recently, an NFT that you minted recently that you like. Um, I can go first if you guys want to think about it. I know uh, mine. It's ridiculous. Oh, go ahead. You go then. I got in on the raffle for Moonbirds and I minted one of the Jade. No. Ones. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I entered. Cool. I entered, but I didn't win. All right. So you got a, You got. So you got one Moonbird then. Yeah, the number one. You put you, number one highest rated, uh, tied for number one highest rated. Wait, wow. wait, wait! Like, like most rare? You mean? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, dude! How much? Yeah. So that's like you're sitting on like couple hundred ETH at least now. Then something like that. I I can't tell. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Wow. But certainly more more than I paid for it. I feel pretty lucky about that. Paid two point five for it. Wow. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Wow. That's impressive. It's good, that's a, it's a good, that's a good, lucky good, pull. Good egg catch there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good egg catch. Yeah. I'm not. It's not a. I'm not a person. I'm sure a lot of people say this, but I'm not somebody who typically 
gets lucky in that way. Wins. Uh, yes, yes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wow. What a feeling. Um, I didn't mint one, but I got a Frank and uh, looking at them made me happy for a small amount of time. And uh, so I got one with the uh, the RuneScape Wizard G hat, which is mm, all-time classic, and the unregistered Hypercam 2 overlay. And I'm like, this is nostalgia distilled into... Can you send me... I, I still have a yeah. Zero Franks. Can you send it's me... My, it's my PFP, but oh, it uh, is yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Did, is it um, like your real PFP? Did you do the hexagon and everything? No. Oh my god, I can. No, I don't pay them for the thing. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, they're I'm like little. Okay, not. they're like little. Uh, it's this frogs. old. They're like little um, frogs, guys. Yeah, frog bear thing. It's it's an old meme. Uh, the the main problem with the Franks is that they're not made with. Um, like the, they're not made in, in collaboration with the original creator of the meme. Uh, and so that was sort of like, ah, eh. but in a memetic sense, this is just like, you know, they're just using a meme to do a thing. But, um, yeah, that made me happy for a little bit. So I have two recent art blocks, um, pieces that I am a oh, big nice. fan of, um, uh, Han and Nicholas who did Matt, if you recall, they did algorithm, those really cool, yeah. like like boxy. They did a new one called Algo Beats, and what's cool about it is you can actually like play it on your on your computer's keyboard. Um, it's like a it's like a cool generative visual music thing on chain that you can actually like use QWERTY and and make it make noise, which is really fun. Um, nice. And then our buddy who we've had on the podcast before, Rizzle had his first ever NFT drop that he did with one of my favorite um, animators, actually, named Miguel Garest, uh, called On Chain Chain. And it's these really fun 3D metaverse-enabled, um, like, attire that yep. he's, that like he's working. Like jewelry and... Yep, like jewelry, good, like, th- good, that he's working good. with all kinds of these different metaverses to, like, make it so you can wear them. Um, cool. Yeah, and I got a fun. carrot. I got, like, a... Carrot necklace and the carrot is wearing glasses, <laughs> and I I really like it. Yeah, that's neat. I actually just remembered another thing that I actually minted that is uh, interesting. It's um, from a thing called Port Four P O R T Number Four. Um, I think dot space. I don't know. Um, really interesting experience um, where you it, it reads your wallet, uses your activity to Ooh, generate a three D world. Yeah. And then you browse around the 3D world to find perspectives that you like. You then take a screenshot, <gasps> like a, an in-game screenshot, and eventually they uh, turn it into a physical hoodie uh, that you get and um, with your screenshot as the primary graphic. And I think it's fun. Um, and so I minted one of those as you know to participate, and I'm excited to see how that turns out. I think... Um, it was an experience, and yeah, in that can way, I say, super worth it. Can I say that I love one of the things that I'm extremely into is this kind. I'm looking at this right now. Is this kind of, um, you know, I'm not I'm not so sh- sure about like metaversey type stuff, right? But yeah. like this kind of like discrete experience. Right, this 3D. is just an artistic experience using yes. 3D. It's not a metaverse. It's right. not. Yeah, it's, it's not trying I'm, to be. I I just I because of the way that it can like tap into my video game thing or like it just it 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 elicits a very specific reaction from me that I'm really that I really like a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Matt. You want to say one? No, that's it. I was just going to say I had a good time experimenting with it. I'm looking um, at it right now, and I'm definitely yeah. going to do this. Um, yeah. So that has been our show. Cameron, thank you so much for joining us. Where uh, It's peacefall.xyz. Is that right? Yeah, P-E-A-C-E-F-A-L-L, and just peacefall on uh, OpenSea. So peacefall.xyz and on OpenSea, go mint one. The, they're at about 0.12 right now, very reasonable. When does, the, when does everything start? The game is underway right now. You have to choose your attack. Oh, shit. So, uh, Do it. <laughs> yeah, Do so it. it's like Thursday is when, um, when it's – All right, uh, we'll try to get this uh, out in time for people to – Yeah, I mean there will be people will still – there will be other ways. Yeah, it's no stress. Uh, and you are – what's your Twitter handle? Fictive Cameron, F-I-C-T-I-V-E, like fictional, Fictive Cameron. It's just been that way for a long time. And you can follow Matt on Twitter at one of the many Matts. You can follow me at Songaday Man. I want to shout out to our – we have a podcast editor now who edits the audio, Devin. Thank you so much, Devin, for editing Love this, Devin. this the episode. The sauciest boy. The sauciest boy for editing this episode and all future episodes, hopefully, if we can – can keep you keep you in the keep you in the family thanks again and matt you want to take us out I we really need a new outro but get nifty everybody get nifty oh yeah